1: Welcome to the show, IB Nation Sports Talk. We're up and running. Glad to have you with us here today. It is Double Stiers with Jesse Stiers. I am Sean Stiers. How are you today, Jesse?
2: Um, I'm doing good. It's a fast Monday, which is always good uh, when your team is playing on Monday night. I thought today was going to go slow, uh, but today actually went really fast. Work went by really good. Got a nice flow in work and everything just kind of flew by. So it's a great day. I have people coming over for the game tonight, so I've been preparing wings and all kinds of food throughout the day as well. So, busy day over in the in the household over here.
1: Yes, that is exactly right. And uh, you got your Cowboys sweatshirt on. I see. I had my Cowboys gear on. It got a little warm though, so I took it off. Before the show started, and I just want to address this right away. Salty Virginia Peanuts is getting salty right away. It's Russian roulette. Will Sean's computer work or not? The anticipation builds. I just want to say, it's not all my computer. There are a multitude of issues. And as you know, every time Jesse is sitting at the other end, I tell him, it's always something. It's It can be a microphone. It can be a computer. It can be the internet. It can be a co-host's ear, earbuds for that matter. There are a multitude of different things, but tonight knock on wood, things are smooth so far. Um RJ Irving, we're going to we're, we're going to talk about the uh the targeting rule in Rapid Fire. So uh hold your horses on that. We're going to get to JD Bertrand and his targeting and and the whole thing coming up in a little bit. Glad to have you with us, though, today. Man, two wins in a row, and now we're smoking into a bye week as we get ready for this thing. Notre Dame 2-2 two and two going into the bye week after the 45-32 win over North Carolina. Uh, before we go any further, the token, smash that like button for us if you would. Subscribe, rate, review, comment. All that great stuff. We'll like, get to as many comments as always as we can. And I just got to say... To Michael Hahn, who says go Giants. No way. Come on. on. Interesting, though. I, I was thinking about this after the game, looking at the total yardage and the score. The last two years, Notre Dame wins 45 to 32 Saturday, 943 yards of total offense. Last year, Notre Dame wins 44 to 34. 1,087 yards of total offense. So a difference of one total point and 144 yards the last two years. Kind of crazy, I thought.
2: Yeah, those those final outcomes kind of really similar, and I didn't even notice that until you kind of brought it up. Um, But, yeah, very similar games, but it it felt like a lot more uh, lopsided or one-sided. There was just a couple plays, in my opinion, you know, outside of that first drive uh, that North Carolina scored on and then another one kind of midway through the second quarter, I thought the defense played great. You know, I know some big plays were given up, but, you know, I, I really thought that the, this game was much more lopsided than that final score indicated.
1: Um, we were talking on countdown to kickoff Saturday. Would there be over 900 total yards in the game? I didn't think there would be. And it was because I, you know, I obviously wasn't convinced Notre Dame could contribute that many yards. And it turns out Notre Dame is the one that churned out all the yards 567 of them, or 576 rather, to 367 for North Carolina. 214 of North Carolina's yards came on four plays. Of course, the two biggest ones the 80 yard pass play for a touchdown, the 64 yard pass play for a touchdown. To Antoine Green, who was in on both of those, so uh, I guess I'll start with this: Just what impressed you the most in Notre Dame's victory Saturday?
2: Uh, I think the thing that impressed me the most was that we saw them perform well across all three phases. We didn't see uh, a lot of you know uh, bright spots here and then down spots there, bright spots here, down spots there. You know, in every game, is there things that you could work on and get better at? Of course but it felt like in all three phases Notre Dame won the game. It was nice seeing them get uh, some quality punt returns. I know it wasn't a lot, but Brandon Joseph taking those punts five, 10 yards, that's very helpful for, you know, an offense, the, the farther you can get away from your own territory. So Absolutely. I think the thing that I liked the most, or the thing that I was most impressed with is that we saw success in not one phase, but across all three phases. And at a high level at that, it wasn't just, you know, mediocrity. This was kind of success and and phase success that we saw last year and this, you know, over, not even last year, you know, coming into this season and kind of the things that we expected at the beginning of this season. So I would say I was most impressed with just the team unity and team success that they had this week.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: for Vigo. He says, I know you're watching Dahmer on Netflix, bro. My wife has been trying to get me. She's been kind of hinting at that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't even know. I don't know. Dahmer, do I really want to watch that? So we're, we're shying away from that. We've actually got some Hulu shows we've been watching lately, but, and, and I haven't watched the, uh, the new season of Cobra Kai. I, I kind of, my interest started to dip a little bit last season. So I'm holding on out on that one as well. And then Irish Gordian knot says, uh, <laughs> I guess it was not Irish Gordian knot. He was, oh, it was Irish Gordian. Uh, he says, every time I see Jesse, all I think is how similar it is to the Collinsworths. Can you say nepotism? Well, you know, maybe you can, but uh, Jesse's not getting quite the bankroll that Jack is getting for uh, for his job. And I'm not getting quite the bankroll that Chris is getting for his, either for that matter. But we're doing, we're doing, well, we're having a good time talking a little football with you today is all, you know, I was, I was impressed with the offense the most. And I mean, you can look at all phases of the offense, whether it was Drew Pine, who we'll talk about more specifically here in a minute and the passing game, the running game, the offensive line, you know, the receivers, there's still a little bit more, but, and we're going to get into Tommy Reese's play calling as well, but. The offensive line, where it is right now, compared to where it was a month ago, is night and day. And obviously, the level of the team that they've played is different. But still, to to go out there to manhandle North Carolina, I mean, you should have been able to manhandle Marshall the same way you manhandled North Carolina, and they've gotten better each of these last two weeks. And, you know, again, I wasn't expecting over 570 yards Of offense, and they were able to uh, to generate both 289 passing and rushing the ball, exactly 289 of each. So it's it it was a very impressive overall day. Started with the offensive line, but bled right into Drew Pine as well, who was 24 of 34, 289 yards, completed 71 percent of his passes, and three touchdowns. And Jess, I don't think watching him, you know, again, this is why. I, I just was not not just him, but so many different reasons why I was so uneasy about trying to pick this game. I did ultimately pick Notre Dame to win, but I had them scoring 31 points. I had it 31 to 28. They ended up scoring what two more touchdowns than what I had uh, projected. North Carolina only got four more points than what I had for them. And you know, again, this was an offensive juggernaut that North Carolina brought coming in, but it was Notre Dame that had the best offense out there on the field Saturday.
2: You know, I thought Drew Pine stepped up to the table and did what he was supposed to. I I, I was, you know, completely, you talked about kind of your score prediction um, and where you saw things going. I saw Notre Dame winning this game um, and it going under, you know, whatever, I think it was like 55 points because in my opinion, I thought if Notre Dame was going to win this game that they would have to limit North Carolina offensively uh, and, and do enough offensively themselves to, to score. And there was no indication that, you know, from the prior three games that Notre Dame would have this much success throwing and passing and just overall dominance on, on offense like this and, you know, rack up the yards and points like they did. So Drew Pine far exceeded my expectations. And I thought that he did a, a magnificent job of, you know, using plays to build off of each other. You know, a lot of that credit goes to Tommy Reese, I think, and the play calling and the play design, uh, but to be able to execute the plays and find the reads the way that he was, I thought that Drew Pine played a masterful game. Um, and most importantly, he didn't throw any any interceptions. And that, that, that's a big, you know, important thing that he has to continue to do going forward. Uh, and especially against, against teams like North Carolina where offensive possessions are so important, you can't be giving away possessions. And I thought he did a great job of protecting the ball, uh, finding the right read, and doing what he was asked to do. He did his job this week. And that was exactly what Tommy Reese just wanted him to do is his job. Yeah. And it showed, you know, the offense flowed. Granted, North Carolina's defense is not uh, as good as some of the defenses that Notre Dame will see, uh, but he just did his job. Yeah, no bobbled snaps, no mental errors. He eliminated all that. I think the worst thing, the only critique that I would have on Drew Pine this week is he's got to eliminate those – those passes getting knocked down at the line of scrimmage. And that first drive, yeah. he had two passes knocked down. I mean, that's just a product of staring at his read and the defensive lineman just being able to simply time it because he stares at him the whole time and he lets the ball go. So there's no, you know, it's easy for the defensive lineman to, to get that kind of jump on the ball. And we all know he's relatively short compared to, you know, most most standard <laughs> quarterbacks. So you got to do things like that where you can't waste plays. You know, you can't have your balls getting batted down at the line of scrimmage. But I thought Drew Pine played fantastic. He put the ball where he needed to. He put a lot of, you know, a lot of balls right on target where only his wide receivers could catch him. I didn't see any passes necessarily behind people. So I was really impressed with Drew Pine this week.
1: Yeah, and I mean, think about that. You know, the fact that on that first drive, he has two two passes batted down at the line of scrimmage by a defensive lineman. He only had eight other incompletions the rest of the day in 34 attempts. You know, he'd be up there close to 74, 75 percent if he completes. Those two. They did get him out of the pocket. They were a bit vanilla the first couple drives. You know, like we're going to talk about some of the imagination of the offense. We didn't see that on those first two drives. But I thought Pine, he showed he could make his layups like we talked about last week. More importantly, if you're going to pack the box and try to stop Notre Dame's run game, Drew Pine showed that he's got enough to beat you deep. You know, we... we Yeah. Well... We know that it happened anyway, the deep post to Lorenzo Styles Again, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, you know, and some deeper balls as well. He showed that he can do that. And an underrated play that I felt like had nothing to do with this throwing, it's third and eight deep in Notre Dame territory on the third drive of the game. They've already, you know, punted and missed a field goal the first couple drives. And so it's third and eight. North Carolina blitzes. Pine is surrounded back there in the pocket. He doesn't panic, though. He spins out of trouble. He ends up scrambling. I don't know if you remember this, over to his right toward the sideline. He gets just enough for the first down again after he was just swarmed in the backfield. And they go on to score, you know, that touchdown pass to Michael Mayer. So I thought he showed, you know, pretty good presence, didn't panic or, you know, some of that stuff. Like there were times where sometimes you see a quarterback will just bite the dust, you know, when he's under that kind of pressure and, and just go down and and not want to be hit. But he got out of it, kept the drive alive, you know, kept the play alive, kept the drive alive, and they go on to score the first of 24 consecutive points, 24 points in the second quarter that they had. And, of course, on top of what Drew Pine gave them, three Irish running backs top 100 yards from scrimmage. It's the first time it's happened, according to Notre Dame's football PR team's since at least 1996, Estime 134 yards all on the ground, two touchdowns, 7.9 per carry. Logan Diggs 115 total yards, 50 on the ground, 65 through the air. Uh, he had, a, of course, a touchdown catch. And Chris Tyree with, a, with 104 total yards. Tyree and Estime both topped 100 last week as well. So you've you've had basically five backs do it in the last two games. Which is very impressive. Notre Dame had 80 total plays. Those three totaled 99 snaps. So that is 19 times where you had 21 personnel out there. What do you think first about how Reese, Tommy Reese, used those three?
2: I thought it was a masterclass session we talked about last week in order for this offense to work, in order to get Drew Pine going. What are they going to have to do? They're going to have to get the run game going. They're going to have to establish that. And then build off of those was kind of short little plays to your running backs, even if you're not running the ball or using them as disguise. And I think that that was done perfectly. I think SMA is the perfect, you know, all of these backs do different things uh, compared to the others. Some are better than, you know, one than this. Some are better than one at that. But altogether, they can all run the ball effectively and they can all catch the ball effectively. So that's very hard for teams because you can't lock in on one guy and say, "Okay, in a a two personnel, meaning two running backs are going to be on the field. We can lock in on this guy saying, okay, he can only run the ball and he can only catch the ball. And and so that puts a lot more pressure um, on the defense. And when you have three three running backs who all had over 100 combined yards in some way, um, it's going to be hard on defenses going forward you know and that's why notre dame has to utilize some of this two personnel more so is because who is going to stop you know this three-headed running back monster where you have two running backs on the field and you combine that with probably the best tight end in the country or at least if you ask dan orlovsky who the best (laughs) tight end in the country is and who this offense runs through um but you know when you combine running backs like that you combine the offensive line that they have you combine Michael Mayer it's going to be very hard to stop this offense if they can do this consistently so I think that getting these running backs going is the most important part uh, of this offense whether they're running the ball or catching the ball this offense goes through the running back production if these running backs don't have good production I think the rest of the offense doesn't have production so getting those guys going the way that you know all three of these guys were intertwined into the offense estimate had 38 snaps uh Tyree had 39 snaps. That's the perfect balance between those two. When you can bring in a guy like Audric Estime and be your finisher, you know, he was punishing safeties. I don't know if you saw, but when he finished his runs, oh, yeah. he's he's not going around, guys. He is he was looking for guys to hit. That's he is right. punishing safeties. And I tell you what, if one time, the first time a safety makes that tackle, he is not gonna want to do that again. So I love the way that they use these running backs. Um, and I thought it was just a very good display by by uh, Tommy Reese. Drew Pine and, and company on offense.
1: And after seeing them the previous week against Cal, seeing Tyree and Estime how they were able to use them with no Logan Diggs in the game, I was pretty skeptical about do you, do you really need to get Diggs involved? You know, how much do you really need to get him out there? I think Logan Diggs, you know, he can catch the ball as a blocker. That's his biggest thing. I think right now, is he is he being hesitant because he doesn't want to throw that surgically repaired shoulder into somebody? That's kind of how he looked in the first two games of the season. But I think that if you're able to put them out, put him out there with another running back, you get to see some of the mismatches that you know that they can cause out there. Is that you? Is that me? What where is that coming from? Hang on, I'm I'm listening.
2: I'm only hearing that when when my headphones are in, so yeah, I think me that's too. on your side.
1: <laughs> well, but but it went away as soon as you uh as soon as you took them out.
2: <sighs> I think it might be our downstairs neighbor's fire alarm, okay. so I apologize for for anyone that has to hear that beep noise.
1: That's all right. That's all right. Well, well, I mean uh, I hope your building's not on fire. It would just be par for the course with everything else that's going on (laughs) right now. Um, But, okay, so the touchdown pass to Logan Diggs. Let's start with that. You know, like if you're going to talk about how these guys can complement each other. You've got Chris Tyree in the slot to the left. You've got Michael Mayer and Braden Lindsey also over there. So you've got three of them split out there to a left. A tight end, a wide receiver, and a running back. You've got Diggs in the backfield. And so... They bring Tyree in motion from the left slot across the backfield. And he, you know, so now he's moving to the right. They also pulled Jared Patterson, Jared Patterson, the left guard, to the right side. So you've got, you show the flow of the play going that way. Drew Pine rolls in that direction. Diggs is in the backfield. He leaks out back to the left where that formation started out there with those three Receivers, the tight end, the the running back, and the receiver. Mayer and Lindsay both run post plays and clear that whole thing out. Pine rolls to the right, boom! You know, Diggs, of course, is wide open over there on the left. It was just a thing of beauty the way they were able to move North Carolina's defense around. And again, it all started off when you've got Mayer and Tyree over there together with Lindsay on the left, and then you motion. Tyree one of those two running backs it it just you know it, it was uh it was it was drawn up pretty well yeah I think the number one thing that you have to realize is when Notre Dame goes 22
2: personnel like that and Diggs and Tyree are on this field at the same time two explosive backs who can catch the ball Mayer who can catch the ball this is what exactly what we talked about last week and kind of one of Notre Dame's keys to the game is they needed to manipulate those linebackers so how do you manipulate linebackers you get your running backs and your, your big, you know, all American tight end on linebackers one-on-one. So what did we see? Michael Mayer's first touchdown. He caught a flood route flood route over the middle, five yard flood match one-on-one with a linebacker. We saw Diggs catch the pass that you're talking about because he had a one-on-one matchup with the linebacker. When you go 22 personnel and you create these matchups, that's why these running backs have so, so much success is because, They are better on the field together. They complement each other. It puts more stress on the defense. And so you create a lot of favorable one-on-one matchups by doing that kind of stuff. And then you get guys in motion. You get the defense confused even more. Right. Pre-snap things. You have guys, you have Patterson pulling out. So then, okay, linebackers are reading run. And then you flip back, you know, and just flip a little pass opposite field. That's exactly what, you know, Tommy Reese was trying to accomplish And his play calling. And that's like I said, these are kind of the things that we talked about last week is how can they create, you know, these short kind of routes and get their their guys lined up one on one with linebackers? Well, that's exactly what they did. So, you know, going 22 personnel like that is so effective because you're going to get, you know, one of those guys has to end up probably being matched up one on one with the linebacker. And another thing is when you have three running backs like that, you can interchange them. So those guys are staying fresh. A defense that's out there consistently is going to have to go against freshly rotated backs. So I think that's another big advantage that Notre Dame has when they go 22% on having three running backs like this.
1: So here's Drew Pine after the game. Talked with the media, was, was asked about that play specifically, and also Tommy Reese's play calling. Here's what Pine had to say about it all.
4: You know, I think Coach Reese is called an unbelievable game. Um, he puts me in a position to go out there and just succeed and and do my job and execute. And I mean, almost I can't tell you how many times I went over to and ran over the phone and said, Coach Reese, that was all you. Like that, you know, that's just, I mean, he just puts us in such good positions to succeed. And um, you know, the drive starters, he again, he just puts us in a position to succeed. So that's all you know, Coach Reese and the guys playing hard and. Um, you know, it's pretty good having three backs that can do everything. Um, so I'm very, very thankful for all those guys. Well, the first play uh, during the, it was a drive drive starter. We were going into the tunnel where we ran out, and it was a, it was a naked, and I threw it out of balance, and no one went with the running back, and we noticed it, and uh, yeah, you know, so the next time Diggs was, no one was around him, and uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty awesome feeling you know, except that ball feels like it's in the air for 20 seconds. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just again, a credit to Coach Reese. He called an unbelievable game he put us in a great position to succeed. It's yeah, I mean, Coach Easton is been-
1: Well, there you go. And, you know, he, you know, he talks about how they basically set it up with, with, you know, what they end up with that throwback to Logan Diggs there on that wheel out of the backfield.
2: It's funny because I remember in live time, I think I texted you and said, wow, the wheel is there. <laughs> you know, this is what we talked about. And then... I, you know, I don't know how many plays later, obviously they noticed the same thing and boom, it's still open. No one accounted for him. Easy play. Uh, But like, like, like uh, Pine was saying, Tommy Reese, I feel like is doing his most, his best effort to take the pressure off of Pine uh, as most as possible, right? Like how can I simplify this for, for Drew as much as possible? How can I get creative to get our playmakers the ball in space and let them be playmakers? And that's the main thing that I think Tommy Reese is doing is just getting his playmakers uh, the ball in space and saying, "Okay, I trust you to be better uh, than than the playmakers on the defense." And yeah. that really showed. And I, I really have to, you know, you have to tip your cap to Tommy Reese's. he's gone under some scrutiny the, the, the first couple of weeks? Uh, the offense hasn't looked quite how you know we thought things were. You know, is that is that because of Tommy Reese? Is that because of play calling? Is that because of play design? I don't know, but things seem to sync up this week. I think that's the biggest takeaway that I saw offensively is things just look synced up. Everyone looked like they knew what they were supposed to be doing, whether it be the offensive line, the running backs, Drew Pine, um, the wide receivers, everyone just knew what they were doing. Everyone was in sync. There was good flow. There was good pace. There was good tempo. Everything was executed at a very high level offensively this week. And I think that has been
1: been our biggest concern and the thing that we've been wanting to see the most of. And. So that just a real quick, and I'm gonna get back to Drew Pine here in a in a second from a a comment, couple comments that Brian had. But um, first play of the second quarter, you've got both Diggs and Tyree again in the backfield. And again, talking about using this two back stuff. So you've got shotgun formation with Pine, and you've got running backs to his left and to his right. You know, it's really you don't see a whole lot of this anymore. It's been a while since. You see, the Green Bay Packers actually did some of this yesterday, believe it or not, in that game against the Buccaneers. But so they motion Diggs to the right, they play fake to Chris Tyree going to the left, and then he ends up hitting Diggs on a wheel route on that forty-yard gain on the right. Now they had also drug Lorenzo Styles out into the flat to freeze the defender, right. and then you know again they get Pine out of the pocket. You know, so again, like this is some of that stuff you were talking about last week, you know, like where where you can do some of the th- same things that you're were. You know, like, how are they going to get vertical all these different things? Well, you're manipulating different defenders around with all this different movement. And again, when you've got personnel matchups that are favorable to you, whether it's mayor or you know these these running backs, the ability to do all this stuff, because when they brought out styles into the flat. There's that defensive back sitting there, and he's in no man's land. He's like, "Do I go with Diggs or do I jump on Styles?" Because right. one of them's going to be wide open. Whoever I don't pick, and of course, he kind of, you know, he stayed frozen there, and then Diggs kept running, and, and Pine was just able to hit him easy money on that game.
2: Yeah, and I think the most important thing that you you said there, and kind of what we were talking about last week as well, is. You have to show kind of similar concept and play motion that you've been showing before, because then that's what the defense recognizes. And then you leak something in behind them. And that's exactly what that wheel route was, is they showed that exact same, you know, kind of play motion where they're rolling uh, pine out to the right. And Lindsay's coming into the flat, you know, across the field into the flat from the from left to right. And it looks like they're just going to dump that ball down just like they've been doing over and over again. Well, then you put that defender in a bind, and all of a sudden the running back's leaking up the sideline, like we talked yeah. about, and he's boom is wide open. It's just building off of your base plays, your fundamental concepts, and that's exactly what Tommy Reese did this play or this week, honestly. And I, I, me myself, was kind of surprised because I said, okay, when is when is Tommy gonna pull it out? Because it, yeah. it, you don't want to get too soon, you don't want to be too late. But he just said, I'm going to put all my cards on the table this week, and you're hoping that he builds off of it week by week. You don't want to show yeah. the same things, but you want to have your base, your fundamental plays where, okay, that Lindsey play, you, you do flip it down there into the flat and gain only three or four yards and get a second and six, which is much more manageable. And you continuously show that action, and then, okay, well, then what? Then they bite on it. Uh, you know, They, they well, consistently show that they're going to bite on it, and you're
1: leaking in those kind of plays uh, behind them and again they ran the same formation a little bit later they motioned digs in the same direction you know the same side to the right just like they had hit him on that what turned into a 40 yard pass play so they take when they did that two players two defenders go out of the box with digs to the right well guess what happens (laughs) they hand the ball off to chris tyree who bangs it up for for 20 yards because again patterson is pulling on that play and he sets up a block he just practically you know he could have just killed a defensive back if he wanted to on that play but again they use the same thing motion digs the same way and they just run it to digs instead and he gains 20 yards on it just the ability to you know to line up do some very simple things but you've got a lot of different options that you can go out of this
2: isn't that the beautiful thing imagine being a defense and having to prepare for three plays inside of one play because that's essentially what notre dame is doing now with that concept is they can run it, you you know, with the Patterson pulling, they can, they can flip that ball down into the flat to Lindsay, like they have been, or they can sneak in this kind of concept wheel route and hit that. So this is just putting so much more stress on the defense. And that's, that's exactly what Tommy Reese needs to do kind of with this offense and the, and the personnel that he has.
1: Yeah. So Brian NY um, said after Marshall and the Cal start, the bar for pine was unreasonably low, unrealistically low. Would have been impossible here for him not to exceed expectations. I was not surprised. He's a good quarterback. He's a better passer <laughs> than Book. I will say he is. He's will. He's he's definitely more willing than Book to to let his playmakers go get the ball. He's maybe. less robotic, especially, especially for early on. Yeah, like you know, Ian Book was unwilling to throw very many contested passes, as we all saw. For three years now, it was great in the fact that he didn't turn the ball over. But we all know how frustrating it could be at times. But Drew Pine is much more willing to do that. He knows if you've got a guy like Michael Mayer and you just throw the ball up, Michael Mayer is going to beat people out there for the football. And we saw that time and time again. So his willingness to do that, you know, is really good. Now, as far as the you know the expectations were unrealistically low, this is not a knock on Drew Pine, but. He set the bar for himself unrealistically low with his own play, you know, the way he started with the interception that he had against Marshall and then with the horrible start against Cal. Now, since the uh, do your effing job, uh, you know, from Tommy Reese, he has been a much different quarterback. You know, like if you look at 10 for or 24 for 34 and then 10 for 11, that's what 34 for 45 for pretty close to 400 yards, you know, roughly. And uh what? Like five touchdown passes, I think it is since that happened. He's been he's been a different quarterback. So, you, you know, yeah, the mar- the bar might have started low, but it started low because that's where he set it himself with the way that he played in those two games. Absolutely. So, 289 passing yards, 289 rushing yards and five point six per carry. That's the big one to me, the five point six per carry. Just one false start. Which of those three do you like the best? Uh in my opinion, the 289 rushing yards
2: is the most important stat there because without establishing that run game, I don't think that the passing game flows or operates as well as it does. You know, we kind of talked about it just just previously is they Notre Dame's a lot of their concepts are built in where it could be a run concept or a pass concept. And the only way the pass concepts work or not even, you know, within concept to concept is the only way a lot of these passing plays work is if you establish the run game and you make the make the defense uh, respect the run first. And that was shown on the on the post route that uh, that Lorenzo Styles scored on, because I don't know if you remember, but it was a long drawn out kind of you know, outside run fake to estimate, it put the safety in a bind. He takes just two step, two steps forward, Styles gets past him, to, you know, two steps past him, and, it, you know, obviously we didn't see, get to see it in live time. Uh, but, you know, after <laughs> it a, took a, us five minutes to break, get to see it. Yeah, because it put the off. cameraman in a bind. That's right. <laughs> right. So that only happens, that touchdown to Styles only happens because they established the run game, and they made those linebackers and safeties, you know, take a step up, and then things just got past them. So to me – the most impressive part, and the part that I think is the most crucial, is the
1: 289 rushing yards. Yeah, I do too, because it 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 sets everything else up. You know, their ability to do everything else. And BYU is going to be a better football team than North Carolina. We've got a couple of weeks, obviously, for that one. But they were pushed around by Oregon a couple of weeks ago, and I, so I was a little surprised like that. So I think that that is a game where Notre Dame you know, can potentially out-physical the Cougars as well. It's still going to be a tough game, but I think this is a great start to get them going because now they go into this bye week, they can self-scout, work on themselves for a week this week in practice before they get into BYU prep next week. We saw some great improvements. I agree with the rushing thing, but I like the fall starts. You know, the, the fall starts, the lack of fall starts important as well because, again, they didn't put themselves into binds by, you know, putting themselves back behind the chains in third and long situations just by stupid stuff. And what's crazy is all these false starts, all the false starts happened in two home games. We 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 didn't see them that much against Ohio State, and we saw just one against North Carolina. So it's weird that you see all these false starts at home and not in the road games. Yeah, and like you said, the the false
2: starts are very important important because you want your offense to stay on schedule as much as possible, right? You don't want any first and 15s, or you don't want a a big play to be negated just by a false start. So staying on schedule is the most important part. Uh, So I think that that is another crucial aspect of, if I had to go pecking order, I'd say one rushing yards, two penalties, and then three the passing yards that kind of came off of it. But like you said, it's so important that this offense stays into rhythm they can't face any setbacks, uh, setbacks that they can control. You know, sometimes you can't. You have to tip your cap to the defense making a good play, but you have to control the things that you can control, and that's penalties. So, you know, no, no legal formations, no false starts, none of the simple penalties that you can control. So I thought that that was, again, very important because it made them stay on schedule. It, you know, it allowed Tommy Reese to kind of stay in that flow of how he wanted to call the game.
1: And if you look now as we flip to the other side of the ball, the reason, again, you can't ask for more balance than exactly 289 of each rushing and passing. Now, obviously, they took some knees you know, at the end that, that took away from the rushing yards. Otherwise, they would have had a little bit more. But still, they were very balanced. They were not one-dimensional. And when you look at how Notre Dame shut down North Carolina, they were passing for 310 a game. They were rushing for over 230 yards per game. Carolina went into the game as the number four scoring offense in the country, averaging 51.3 a game, held to 32, could easily have been half of that, if not for the four big plays that we talked about. Number seven in third down conversions, 56% they were converting, held to six of 14, that's just 42%, and Drake May, the quarterback, number six completion percentage in the country at 74%, just 53%. They drove right down the field, you know. Scored right away, twelve plays, seventy-six yards, and May ripped off a twelve-yard run on third and nine. It keeps the drive going. On that first drive alone, he accounted for thirty-three yards on the ground. They ended up with what sixty-seven rushing yards in the game. They punted on four of their last five drives of the first half. Going into the second half, you know, they punted again five times and a fumble as Notre Dame scored those twenty-four straight points, but. They made Carolina one-dimensional. That was the big thing. 66 rushing yards it was on 28 carries for a team that was averaging 237 a game. And again, they got half of that rushing yards on the first drive from the quarterback. So, Mr. Defensive Guru, how did the Irish do it defensively?
2: You know, what we were talking about last week is that North Carolina was predominantly going to come out in the same personnel, no matter pass or run. It was 11 personnel, and whether they use that H back on the line of scrimmage or if they split them out wide, that was going to kind of be the big thing. I think what Notre Dame did is like exactly what you said. They made North Carolina one dimensional and they put them in very second or very long second downs and third downs by eliminating those run plays early on. And so mm-hmm. in an offense that has to move the ball, you know, obviously all offense has to move the ball, but North Carolina <laughs> wants to get basically what Notre Dame did is what North Carolina wanted to do. They wanted to run the ball and get, you know, second and six, second and seven, second and five, and, and have the option to run it there or pass it there. But Notre Dame took away that option by eliminating the run early and the only run success that they had is what you were talking about. And that was with may and that kind of, you know, figured its way out when Maris decided, okay, I think I'm actually going to have to be a quarterback spy today rather than just kind of do whatever I want. And that was a big emphasis that I thought, you know, is North Carolina couldn't get bailed out of second and third and longs by letting may just kind of, you know, evade the pocket and get these first downs. And after that first drive Notre Dame did a really good job of limiting may and eliminating, you know, eliminating, his ability to run the run with his feet and taking away uh, the run game uh, early and in, in, in early on in possessions or early on in, in the, the drive series. Um, and that was really done with Notre Dame's defensive line, just kind of overwhelming the offensive line. You know, I, we knew it wasn't going to be as great of a group offensive line wise for North Carolina, but they just physically dominated and got into their holes uh, when they were supposed to. And on those run schemes, You know, they're not overly power run schemes. So these linebackers can just fill their gaps as fast as possible without, you know, as soon as they see run and not have to worry about getting penalized by not seeing a polar. And I think North Carolina essentially made it easier on Notre Dame's linebackers this week to recognize run and to get into their holes, because when you're not running, like I said, when you're not running a lot of power pull schemes or, you know, guard tackle pullers and you're just kind of, you know, letting your linemen block off the snap and just handing it off these linebackers are essentially just responsible for a gap so as long as they as soon as they see run they're just going to fill their gap as soon as possible and these runs are going to be stuffed up so getting north carolina to be one-dimensional having to pass you know second and long third and long really made it easy for notre dame they blew up a lot of north carolina's you know tunnel screens any sort of screen short passes that may want to accomplish they blew those up so any you know short short Passes or run games, Notre Dame took away from them and put them in second and third and longs. And that made it extremely hard for May.
1: I felt like they did a good job of, you know, again, this is a guy who was only making his fourth career start, Drake May. It, they they did a good job of disguising coverages, it seemed like, you know, making him think it was going to be man and then zone and and vice versa doing some of those kind of things. It's interesting what you were saying about. You know the run lanes and the run fills because I did feel like the linebackers, you know, had much better run fits than we saw through the first three games. But you're you're you're, you're kind of saying that it was just because it was uh, maybe it was a lot easier. easier based on Carolina's They scheme didn't have anything. to think
2: as much as a linebacker. And I don't, you know, I'm not trying to take away from their performance, but that's what it was. They didn't have to think about as much when you don't have pullers going and you see the running back just handed the ball, you just play football and go tackle the guy that has the ball. And that's exactly yeah. what Notre Dame did. They just overwhelmed this offensive line once they noticed that it was going to be run. Like, if you don't have a polar pulling, you're just sitting there waiting for them to hand the ball off, and then you just go get whoever has the ball. And that's really what their linebackers did. And in the times when May started to run, you know he got burned a little bit, but then they got smart and just put Maris on him as a spy. And I thought that was a beautiful move. There was a play... Maris made an absolutely beautiful play where he lined up on the there the, are the three down linemen. He lined up like he was gonna come, snap of the ball, he takes a step back. It's gonna be a QB draw. It's third and I think long. He he evades two uh, North Carolina defense or offensive linemen very easily and tackles May for like a two-yard gain. You know, just stuff like that. I thought I thought May, uh yeah, he was rattled once once he was off his game. He, you know, he wants to one, two, three, boom, get the ball out. Well, Notre Dame right. took away those reads early and he was in second and long. And so you're forcing him to go downfield. You're taking away his primary read. He was just off schedule all night. And so Notre Dame did a just a great job of probably executing what their game plan was. You had to, you know, you had to think that that was the game plan. A lim- you know, get, make them go into long down, long down situations, take away their run game, and make May beat us with kind of some more intermediate passes rather than these short little passes that he likes to get off.
1: Yeah, Foskey and Mills both had really good games. And again, you know, like especially when you're going up against this kind of offense where the quarterback does want to get it out in rhythm so quickly, I I felt like they had really good games. Foskey five tackles, half a sack, and a tackle for loss. And Riley Mills five tackles, a couple sacks, two and a half tackles for loss. I I think those two guys stood out i was impressed with the linebacker play but you know again like you make me think a little bit more <laughs> i mean at least they did their job i guess no, you still but- have to execute and do your job
2: yeah. but at the same time if your job's a little bit easier you're gonna have probably a little bit more success compared to usual
1: yep for sure for sure all right so an all-around performance as notre dame improves to two and two going into this bye week of course We'll be here all week, every day. Vince will be in the next couple of days. Jesse will be back on uh, Thursday. Brian is going to have the uh, Countdown to Kickoff show. I'm not sure who's going to be with him this week. Of course, there won't be a postgame show this week. But uh, we keep on potting every day, every day. Brian and Ryan and uh, Sean Davis did a recruiting podcast earlier today. I, you know, I know they talked about a lot of different stuff there as well. All right, well, great stuff as always. Thanks to everybody for joining us tonight. Again, you know, of course, we're going to be here all week, all next week, all season. For that matter, Jess, great stuff as always. I will talk to you later in the week. Sounds good, thanks. All right, we're going to sign off right now. Hit that like button if you would, if you already haven't, before you take off. And otherwise, we'll talk to you tomorrow on IB Nation Sports talk.